Hello and welcome back everybody to the Space Show Show. Uh, today is a very special episode because we've been looking forward to this one. It's the last episode of the animated series. This week, um, I, your host, Lieutenant Commander Rebecca Frost and Admiral Carrie Jackson, we're talking about all of season two of Star Trek, the animated series. And thank God, listen, I know I said we had to do it and I don't regret it, but boy, it was tough. <laughs> at the same time, you do regret it. In your yeah. studies, did you find out why season two is only, what, six episodes? Or uh, They canceled it because of low ratings. So does that mean that there's possibly some episodes that haven't aired out there? or Some lost episodes? I don't know. Or did they crank these things out so quickly that that was it? <laughs> Let's see. Are there lost episodes of, of the animated series? Star Please say Trek no because I'm done. I animated series. Please let the answer be no. <laughs> the first big Google result: there was no lost animated Star Trek episode produced. Thank you. Um, <laughs> uh, right. Yeah, I yeah, every everything that I have found is just like it just got canceled because of low ratings and it you know what that's fine. It's not like Gene Roddenberry was excited about the show anyway, you know? Um <laughs> kind of an interesting it, I mean it was interesting because it was a show that wasn't really catered to children but yeah. not like mar like not really for adults so like who was this show for? I I mean I was a kid and a fan and I didn't like it when it was on i you know yeah i yeah those rose colored glasses really came off after the first six episodes for me um <laughs> and it's fine you know what i'm glad we did it uh yeah. then I mean, we I never can, have to can, do it again yeah and i can say i've seen it now so yeah. that's the other thing and these last six they were okay and they had there were some that had some interesting stuff in them so some uh, yeah some interesting stuff so let's the, the episodes we're talking about season two the pirates of orion bem the practical joker albatross how sharper than a serpent's tooth and the counterclock incident some they're all interesting premises <laughs> uh so the pirates of orion spock contracts a fatal illness and the cure can only be found with dangerous orion pirates um them Orions. I personally love that Lower Decks has really taken the Orion culture and run with it. But is this the Orions? Because they kept referring to them as the Orions. That, you know what? If you're going to be so pedantic about the pronunciation. I'm <laughs> just kidding. They, they, look, they didn't look like Orions. They, I mean, they were green. Yeah, they were a hue of green and they're were... and they're pirates like i yeah. i yeah. just have to assume because everything we know about orions is that they're pirates and I, what i think is so hilarious about lower decks too is they're like oh no there can't be like scientists orions and i'm like then how are your ships built my guys we how do them. you yeah <laughs> no they steal them that's yeah. how they that's how they do it um this episode was written by howard weinstein and he was only 19 years old, making him the youngest writer in the Star Trek universe. He adapted a short story that he had written for his high school science fiction magazine and mailed it to the show's producers. Really? Yeah. Well, that A explains a lot and B, good for him. Way to go. Yeah, it really, do you know what it reminds me of? When I was in high school, um, the kid who wrote Aragon 
was a, like we were like the same age oh, yeah. you know that book the books there's like a dragon uh, uh -huh. it, it doesn't matter he was a teenager who got a fantasy book published and let me tell you i was insanely jealous because i was writing and my parents didn't own a publishing company so i couldn't just get a book published but that's kind of like the vibes i get uh from this kid like oh you think you're better than us because you got a star trek written <laughs> maybe it's just me yeah this one was uh the whole the whole point of it was uh the the serum is our uh, macguffin and we have to get the macguffin and uh yeah and kirk he, he basically does a hey google what's the nearest place that i can get this drug it asks the ship and the ship is like oh the nearest place is this this place and i get the orions have it and his kirk is like please my husband he's very ill yes and <laughs> And the whole thing about this is like everybody else is like pretty immune to it, but Spock's blood is copper based. And so the infection enters the bloodstream and encases the cells so that they cannot carry any oxygen and the patient suffocates to death. Can you imagine a more painful death than suffocating because your blood can't carry oxygen? I mean, other than shark attack, that's uh, <laughs> certainly up there. Shark attack? <laughs> so being suffocated because my blood can't carry any oxygen. Wood chipper uh, and the blood, yeah. Yeah. Um, McCoy says, why couldn't you have red blood like any normal human? Because he's not a normal human, McCoy, and I think you know this. <laughs> I can't decide whether McCoy is racist or not. I I I I don't think McCoy's racist. Um, I think he's just mean. I think he's just mean. You think he's just an asshole? I think he's just an asshole. Could be. I mean, is this the episode at the end where he's begging Spock to say that human blood is superior or something like that? Oh, like, was it probably. this episode or an upcoming episode? Oh, I think it is this episode. Because all of but these like... run together, yeah. <laughs> but, but like McCoy, my God, ran it in. And I also do have a note, or Orion, that, yeah, they do pronounce it so weird. Um, but I don't know. I mean, they fix him. That's... Of course. Everyone lives happy. We knew they Everyone would, yeah. lives happy ever, happily ever after. Yeah. Um, the next episode, Bem. Oh. <laughs> the Enterprise crew is taken captive by a race of primitives on our newly discovered planet. This episode, uh, the way they refer to this planet's people as like primitives and aboriginals mm -hmm. and like j just gives off like very um, savage vibes, like killers yeah, of the yeah. flower moon vibes. Yeah. Colonizer uh, type vibes. Yeah. yeah it is, and they were lizard people. Yeah. Who, yeah. who had shame and wore clothing. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> How could, I, I mean, they're good Christian folk, honestly. Exactly. Um, well, God, the, they had a God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this this group of episodes, I, I I like it when Kirk bests a God. You know, always. <laughs> always. I don't think that there's well, and that's coming up in our adventures, my dear. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't yeah. think that there's a God that he hasn't defeated. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, this episode was a rejected plot outline for the third season of Star Trek, and would love to know how because yeah. because their friend Bem, who has taken them to this planet, he's the detachable kid. He just his body just separates in places. It, it he separates from the waist, and then his lower half has arms. Has arms. <laughs> 
And then just his arm, his regular arm will float away and his head will just float away. Although, remember, this these characters appeared on Lower Decks as well. They did? Yes. It, I don't in remember. season one or two. I can't remember which season. But uh, yeah, these characters showed up and I went, what the? And then I saw online that, oh no, this is a, throw, a callback to the animated series. This character that could separate himself into pieces. Like, I don't... Uh... I don't yeah. remember this but yeah well it yeah anyway sure, he, yeah it doesn't matter the detachable so, kid he just is so sneaky with all of his moving parts you know but and, he's 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 being a jerk to allegedly <laughs> test captain kirk to see if he's worthy of a relationship with his planet or some shit like that i you know there's uh, one of my biggest pet peeves in life is secretly being tested and uh when that when that air quotes reveal happened i was like oh this i take back i take back all you can't be part of the federation i take it all back rescinded yeah. offer rescinded <laughs> there, there, there was points where where if i were kirk there i just go you know what forget it i don't care they can they can bust me down back to you know corporal or whatever <laughs> i don't care i I've had it with and, you. Stay on this damn planet with the lizard people. Good luck with that. Mm -hmm, you know? And the other thing, too, I'm just quickly revisiting a summary of this episode because this is one of those episodes where I'm like, oh, uh, uh, the guy detaches and that's all I've retained. Um, <laughs> the detachable kid, uh, he wants to kill himself because he's so ashamed of what well, he's done. After he after the tests and everything. And this he, is a realizes. Yeah. Behavior. <laughs> he realized he screwed up and he's like, oh, I might as well die now. <laughs> this is such abusive behavior. If you're with somebody and you want to leave that person and they threaten to kill themselves to stop you from leaving, just go. Just go. <laughs> like, <laughs> and so they leave in the planet. They just say, you know what, planet? We're okay. Bye bye. We're never, ever coming back here. They, they're, they're Talos 4, essentially. Like, you don't yeah. ever come back here. Yeah, that's what that's what the uh, Nichelle Nichols voice God said, you know, don't ever come back. Everything's fine. We got this. Go away. You and Bem are jerks. Get out of here. Go. God. Just uh, yeah, this, 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 this episode was I was yelling at the TV and, and, and I'm and, dying. I'm just dying that this was a rejected plot outline for season 13. Well, it, it was clearly rejected for budgetary reasons. I don't know how you create a practical, because you remember, we're not, you know, it's, mm -hmm. it's, there's no computer graphics yet. Uh, how do you do a practical effect of a character like Bem? How do you do that? No, right? You know, even if it's just a guy without the, I'm you know, because yeah. this, this guy, he had it like a cat face and some stuff. But <laughs> even if it's just a guy, how do you do that separation thing? I'm imagining, you know, like a horse costume that requires two people and one person's the butt. There you go. Something like that. <laughs> uh, in the commentary track of the DVD on the DVD of this episode, David Gerald said the original premise of the show was Spock is very logical and his emotions are under control. What if Spock were prejudiced against something? It would have to be a logical reason for prejudice. It would have to be someone who is very, very illogical. And this guy certainly and this, is. This fucking guy. Yeah. Uh, I do. I like that concept of like, hey, what if Spock was racist towards one thing <laughs> and I, hey listen 
I'm racist against this guy. Okay. <laughs> I don't like it. I don't like anything I'll, about I'll it. say it. <laughs> I don't think this guy should be allowed anywhere near our children or schools. <laughs> I'm done with him. Yes. Uh, this is also the first time that Captain James T. Kirk's middle name of Tiberius, a name li first listed in written Star Trek guides, is revealed on screen. Although Star Trek the Animated Series was not considered canon by Gene Roddenberry, many writers of the later series helped to canonize several of the show's elements, and the name Tiberius was finally confirmed in Star Trek VI Undiscovered Country. Oh, uh, and, and General Chang says it so deliciously because he's it's a trial. It's a trial, <laughs> I'll tell you that. And you I got, got so excited as well, I missed it. <laughs> General Chang is one of my favorite Star Trek villains. And, and he, it's, so it's a trial and he's interrogating and he goes, James Tiberius Kirk. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's coming up. I can't wait for it. Anyway. Uh, David Gerald would jokingly tell fans that Tiberius was a reference to Robert Graves' I, Claudius. The name spread amongst the fans and Gerald added it to the script after approval from Roddenberry. The movie Star Trek 2009 would later provide a backstory to the origin of the name. Tiberius was Kirk's paternal grandfather. Mm -hmm. How cute. That's the JJ-verse Correct. Yeah. Correct. Um, Moving on to a cheeky, the cheekiest episode of the bunch, the practical joker, a strange energy field causes the enterprise computer to play practical jokes on the crew, but the humor soon turns to danger. Now, you said Ben was a rejected live action script. This one should have been a live action script. You could have <laughs> easily. should have absolutely e have been a live action yes. because because this is also the first appearance of a hollow deck. Um, it's called the recreation deck. Um, some consider this as the prototype of the hollow deck used in Star Trek The Next Generation yes. and all the other shows. Um, none of the uh, feature films with the with the original series cast use the recreation deck ever no. again. There's there's a really primitive one in. Well, you'll see it in the motion picture coming up. There's a very primitive gaming area. Uh, mm. in uh in uh, the the next move the next thing that you'll be watching and it's and it's so almost retro looking it's frightening <laughs> not even close to a holodeck but uh anyway but yeah there's a there's a bacteria that gets on the ship while they're in the midst of a of a chase with the romulans or something um mm -hmm. and the bacteria makes the ship pretty cheeky because we all and know how bacteria affects you know mm-hmm electronics and things like that yeah yeah it gives them like personalities Weird. and uh, uh makes them rude like they would ask the ship to do something the ship like they would ask the ship a question and the ship says that's for me to know and you to never find out like <laughs> damn okay but this is <laughs> this is where the legendary kirk is a jerk comes from kirk is a jerk i i want i want the shirt well, you know, when I was watching this, I was like, you know, I may break down and buy that shirt. It's 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 in the Star Trek shop at StarTrek.com. It's just a funny little goof. It's just a silly little prank. Um, and the how also follow up question the mm -hmm. the the because the ship is being so cheeky, it plans to poison everyone with laughing gas so that they all just like die laughing. Uh, do they have? laughing gas on the ship uh no but or is that something uh, created right. with Devil's the advocate replicator? yeah the replicator could possibly make laughing gas mm. or you could synthesize it probably in sick bay 
I'm 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 only being devil's advocate there. Just I thought it was kind of silly too, so but it cheeky. also it also seemed like this would be perfect for a live action episode. This honestly would be such a great one because there's a great moment where Scotty goes to the replicator to get a sand some kind of nasty sandwich. He orders like a like a pastrami something or I think um that's my opinion on pastrami. And it just <laughs> keeps like flinging food out like oh what a harmless what a harmless little prank <laughs> i would love to have seen live action james doing trying to stop <laughs> sandwiches and things from flooding the cafeteria <laughs> uh, and they all get stuck in in the recreation deck and the ship makes it they turns it into a, an arctic landscape and so they're going to die laughing freezing to death like I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. And then, and then to wrap it all up, to fix it, the bacteria finds its way onto the Romulan ship and they just go, their problem now. And bye, credits roll. <laughs> Directed by Hal Sutherland. <laughs> uh, kind of insane that, um, I, I mean, I just don't know much about the Romulans, but I, I wouldn't purposefully try to like, give my enemy a virus maybe that's just me i you know the romulans are kind of or as uh, as the klingons refer to the romulans they are without honor you'll learn more about mm -hmm. the romulans in the next generation they really explore the romulans a lot in the next generation because i feel like yeah i'm currently i'm just lacking in romulan knowledge i just know that they're not ideal you just need to know that they are somehow distantly related to Vulcans. Mm -hmm. They maintained their savagery uh, where the Vulcans abandoned it. Mm -hmm. So they appear similar. That's why in you know the original series, you saw the submarine episode uh, where we got our first look at a Romulan. Everybody yeah. saw the Romulan and they all turned and looked at Spock like, what the hell? Yeah, and Spock does the, the collar tug. Ooh. <laughs> 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 well uh that's fine kirk is a jerk get the shirt star trek.com uh albatross uh what uh dr mccoy is arrested for allegedly causing a deadly plague which once ravaged the planet dramia war criminal mccoy which now this one i thought was another one i would have liked to have seen live action but i I, it wasn't a, a horrible Star Trek episode. I, no, I I thought okay. it was yeah, um, pretty interesting. Um, there there was a really great line where you know they're going down to the plant because oh, what is even the plot of this episode? Um, they are going to well, there there are the two planets and they were related somehow, and the and the one planet was affected by plague and they just kind of abandoned everybody there and the other planet was not and the the other planet the, the planet that was not affected by the plague wanted to join the federation and they said okay yeah we'll join the federation everything's cool oh by the way uh we have to arrest dr mccoy for war crimes what <laughs> well because uh he was here a few you know a dozen Nin years ago 19 years ago uh yeah. so they so they're headed to planet dramia but 19 years ago on dramia 2 mccoy implemented a vaccine and then left a massive plague and killed most of the people mm -hmm. um 
And so, you know, there's an, a, there's a warrant for his arrest and they have no choice but to comply. Yeah. It's like, and now I'm you're like, a Federation member. We're all abiding by the rules. Oh, by the way, the Federation approved this, this whole thing. Mm -hmm. so, sorry to spring that on you now. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, so it's, uh, it's, we got to prove McCoy is innocent, you know? So it's one of those old TV episodes where we have to go on an adventure to prove our friend's innocence. And, you know. Yeah. And there, there's a really great line in this episode um, where they beam down to the planet and uh, it is deserted as hell, right? Like it just does not look like a very fruitful planet. And they say so. And Dem Demos, I think, is the man. Um, he says, plagues seldom leave behind fields of flowers. <laughs> that was one of those lines that I was like, ooh. That's a spicy Star Trek. That's a very good line. Um, also, this this pandemic killed hundreds of people. Awfully small number for a big planet. Uh, the, and there's only like one guy left. Yeah. Maybe, maybe they just don't have our population. Maybe they don't. Or maybe it was a colony that they were starting. Who knows? But Yeah. Uh, yeah. This is also the episode with the, the famous GIF uh that people will share when when kirk looks like oh so shocked and he'll like cover his mouth with his hand like oh who could have predicted <laughs> this is that episode uh where it is from uh also this installment apparently contradicts the writer and director's guide for star trek which describes mccoy as having joined starfleet only in middle age after he was divorced and that means he couldn't have worked on dramia 2 during his early adulthood since this was never definitively stated on screen there is some wiggle room interesting yeah i always i didn't think about that when i was watching that because he i've always just heard that mccoy joined star fleet late because of his wife's divorce um that's interesting okay okay yeah we'll go with so, that though yeah maybe he was on a rogue mission and or, or maybe he was, was with doctors without borders or something doctors like without borders and he was trying some experimental vaccine and he just happened to kill a lot of people <laughs> um, but it's okay because um they figure out a solution to the original plague and they let him go yeah no no punishment at all for killing hundreds and hundreds of people. Well, it wasn't his fault. I, no, I, yeah. No. So it's fine. never, it's never, if I know one thing about these white men on Star Trek, it is never, ever their fault. Um, which is a, <laughs> this is an interesting segue. How sharper than a serpent's tooth? A mysterious being threatens to destroy the Enterprise if the crew is unable to solve an ancient puzzle. Um, <laughs> Real, again, real big colonizer vibes. Uh, <laughs> oh, absolutely. I mean, I mean that that was the theme of this one, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, but, yeah. But also, again, it does that whole. Uh, guess what? There's no god. They're aliens. You know, they came and visited. <laughs> and humans, dummies. So many gods visiting Earth. I wonder if, I wonder if there was like a gods message board, and everyone's like, "There's this planet." they're gullible as hell you can go do whatever you want and a lot of power hungry characters like um adonis and yeah. um now kukulkan um was there inspired the egyptians and the aztecs and the mayans and mm -hmm. that's why they all built pyramids now kukulkan which shatner refused to say properly he was saying kukulkan god <laughs> the whole time but anyway kukulkan uh, go back and watch Wakanda Forever, Prince Namor. Uh, 
Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I, I'm very pleased to hear that in the year 2270, um, American Indigenous peoples are still around, and even they are granted jobs in Starfleet, um, <laughs> because you have Ensign Walking Bear, voiced by James Doohan. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, James uh, Doohan's doing all the voices. Yeah. For extra characters. I mean, he's good. He's not that good because I can hear it. But mm -hmm. no. yeah, it's just it's just wild to live in the year 2023 when that absolutely would not fly. Um, and, uh, you know, I also can't say the name. Um, I guess he does this thing where he goes to a bunch of other places and persuades the people to build cities and if they figure that out he's like essentially domesticated them and they all live in peace but humans on earth were the only ones who just could not do it <laughs> and again why do people want to be humans and so suck. <laughs> and so uh they go so kukul khan has a ship is that my understanding? He's got like his own ship. Yeah, he's uh, or he is the ship or. But he, yeah. you know, he abducts yeah. our members of the crew and ask, tells them to build a city and f figure out the riddle, and then he can free them. So, essentially, ancient Egypt and the Aztecs and the Mayans were all just building ancient escape rooms, and if they could <laughs> figure that out, then they could live peacefully and in harmony. But. Mm -hmm they couldn't so now we just have pyramids i wonder uh if there are any uh native americans who have a take on this episode if they're if they're mm. happy to be included or if they're like this is screwed up yeah yeah because it, it does it's kind of feels like it's all um taking all of these ancient cultures and civilizations and just kind of mushing them together mm -hmm. and not appreciating their separate eccentricities um the plot point about <laughs> whatever actually being an alien life form was inspired by the eric von Danikin book chariots of the gods especially oh. claims like the indian sites in peru having actually been created by aliens as methods of communication yeah, it's it's which, one of those theories. Which we also talk about the, with with ancient Egypt a lot too. We, I mean, not we. I mean, the yeah. general conspiracy theorists. You can say the internet. The internet, <laughs> you know, believe pyramids were built, which is true. They do align with the stars in some certain ways, but you know, they are created for alien communication and blah 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 blah. But what? Because those people couldn't be smart enough to do that themselves. Come on. As we of learned, no. <laughs> <laughs> That's I always hate that about those theories about how these ancient civilizations were helped by aliens, and I'm like, really? You're saying that they weren't smart enough to do this themselves? I think. I mean, they'd but have honestly, it out. I mean, honestly, though, have you met people? <laughs> I'm just throwing it out there. All right. Um, yeah, well, they yeah. figure it out. They get out of there, you know. Yeah, yeah. They and, they free the space cats because he's got like a menagerie of space cats. That, that's why I thought you'd love this episode. Cats. It's got a menagerie. You love menageries. I, oh, I do. I love a menagerie of space cats, and yeah. they get freed or whatever. And, blah, blah, and, and blah. for some reason, one of these cats carries a 2,000-volt charge. I, okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, 
the last episode of Star Trek the Animated Series. <laughs> Clock incident, an unusual spaceship pulls the Enterprise into a negative universe where time seems to flow backwards. It's Star Trek Babies! Which it was! It was at one point, it's Star Trek Babies. They animated Star Trek oh, Babies. Oh, God. The concept of this episode is absolutely insane. This episode introduces the character of Robert April, a character from the unused Star Trek, the original series scripts. Due to Gene Roddenberry's later request that the animated series not be considered canon, however, it has never been made part of the official Star Trek continuity that Captain April was the first captain of the USS Enterprise, NCC-1701. Um... But Let's... he is in uh, Strange New Worlds. He's he, yeah, which is why I got so excited. I'm like Robert April, the Robert April. Mm -hmm. um, and then so I'm gonna he need is canon, you, Gene. I'm sorry. I'm gonna need you to do some explaining to me because Robert April is credited as the first captain of the USS Enterprise. But then who is Scott Bakula? Is he the first? Well, that, well, that was a different ship. That was that a was different the, ship. That's the NX01. Yeah, that was a different ship. Okay. Uh, so this this is the Constitution class Enterprise, and it was mm -hmm. uh, Robert April and then Pike, I believe. Yeah, and from what Kirk. I saw, it's yeah. Robert April then Pike. But yeah. I just got so confused because I was like, well, doesn't Scott Bakula pilot the Enter or doesn't he captain the he, Enterprise? He, he captains the Enterprise, but it's a different ship, and it's the NX01. Yes. Oh my God! How does anyone keep track of this? It's hard. <laughs> and anyone who claims that they can on their own in their mind is lying because there's so much. There's just so much of it. As we have discovered, pages and yeah. pages and pages of information about Star Trek. Listen, I'm a Star Trek fan, but if I don't know something, I'll admit it. Uh, you know, yeah. <laughs> I don't and that's remember. That's okay. Yeah. That's okay. Um, they get a transmission and but it's backwards so kirk tells you her to play that devil music backwards and there's a secret message hidden and um something about two novas exploding in the at the same place in these two different universes and she there <laughs> this other universe is backwards so like space is white and the stars are black and people live a benjamin button lifestyle where they're born old and they die as babies <laughs> and i am dying to know the logistics of that uh yeah, i mean there's a whole womb situation um, There's got to be a whole womb situation, and especially because Carla Five and her son Carl Four. That's uh, <laughs> hilarious. Um, she's like, "This is my son, Carl Four, and he's this old guy who also knows everything already because he was born old." Again, I'm dying to know the logistics yeah. of all of this. Um, but because Robert April, he's he's a commodore now. They're transporting him to his. <laughs> his retirement ceremony and he does not want to retire the man is like i would i do not want to retire and his wife who was also there with him who was a former um met chief medical officer on it on yeah. the enterprise um thank god they were older than the rest of the crew because once the crew starts regressing they become teenagers robert april and his wife become regular adults and they're like oh my god we have to like hit, take control of this ship because also as you get younger you forget everything um so you know kirk is trying to ask her to do a thing and she's like i have no idea what you're talking about and they just revert to babies mm -hmm. <laughs> and so 
two things. First of all, uh, Robert April and his wife, they, uh, they work together. Now, listen, I love my wife. Mm. I don't want to go to work with her. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. My, my husband, he's like, Hey, my company is hiring. And I'm like, Oh no, thank you. No, no, uh, no. <laughs> and, uh, secondly, this is the episode where, uh, uh, it's old people are valuable. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Respect your elders, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Cause um, while, while the Star Trek babies are everywhere, Robert April's <laughs> a good looking, you know, 20 something year old guy and, and he's able to do enterprise stuff. So he mm -hmm. saves the he's, day. He's having the time of his life reliving his glory days mm -hmm. and they get back into the regular universe. Everything is fixed as it usually is. Um, but the, the crew is still babies. And so they're like, how do we, how do we, they just pop them in the transporter because the transporter has copies of them. So many questions. <laughs> Again, trying to know the logistics of everything in this episode. Why is Dr. McCoy necessary? Can't we just wow. send you through the transporter young and healthy and mm -hmm. then say you get shot? Stick well, in the okay, transporter, well, fix you, you're young and healthy again. Well, I mean, but then like, what about people who like, they beam aboard for the first time and they're already sick? You don't have a copy of that person in their healthy state. Yeah. And ale but allegedly there's a filter on the transporter to get rid of <laughs> every bugs. day, every year, Dr. McCoy has to go through a um a, a performance review and every year he has to defend his position there on the starship enterprise <laughs> yeah. anyway i uh, I, I took that recording uh at the beginning of this episode where these where it was backwards oh and i i played it actually backwards and you want to hear work? what it says yeah. yeah let me play it for you rise from the dead in the name of satan there you go. <laughs> it was <laughs> um anyway well, but then Robert April and his wife are given the opportunity to live again as youthful people. Um, you take that. Take it. Because he is like, no, I'm good. I lived my best life with you and I'm done. And well, maybe here's your chance to live another best do life. With it maybe again, someone my else. Man. Someone that you don't work with. This is this is old man's war. There's a book series called Old Man Old Man's War where you get old and you get the opportunity to get your consciousness put into a younger body so you can go fight in the space war. Oh, go go do that. Yeah, yeah, I'd do that. But the, again, this is the same thing. If I was off, if I was given the opportunity to be immortal, I would take it in a heartbeat. And this is a stepping stone, right? Mm -hmm. So I agree. Huge mistake. Uh, Huge. Anyway. But it was it was interesting to see you know the whole Robert April thing and mm -hmm. that was cool to have a character like that introduced. I you know even though I, Gene, sorry, it's canon now from the grave. Sorry. Yeah, get over it, Gene. Yeah. Uh, so we finished the oh, we did it. Oh, series. we did it. High fives all around. Woo 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 woo. Um, if you have been skipping these episodes because you're just wanting regular Star Trek, come on back, come on back. Because next episode, we're moving into the movies. We have got an upcoming six episodes where each episode will talk about 
the its respective motion picture. So next week we're going to talk about 1979 Star Trek the motion picture, and Carrie is very very excited. I am very excited because uh, first of all, it's my favorite version of the Enterprise. I love it. Uh, and second of all, uh, let me show you this. This is the phaser. We're gonna oh. go. We're gonna go from this to to these if you're watching on youtube you can see oh i like the old ones i do too i'm scared to watch new to watch 1979 star trek because i like the old one i don't like all these fancy new sleek designs <laughs> well you know again the sleek design that's that's as far as they go as far as the phaser that's that's like as far as they go with it in these movies mm. you know then of course next gen comes along and you get that weird looking like yeah. a tv remote thing <laughs> yeah which i actually have it's a tv remote that looks like a next gen oh. phaser uh, like, my oh my is it really me. yeah but let me share with you i have a lot of star trek the motion picture stuff carrie All jackson right. star trek the motion picture apologist let me show you the wildest bit of Star Trek memorabilia I have for the motion picture. I can't believe the, you're, you're showing this all now. This is all, all on YouTube, but I want you to look closely at this. It's a, a matchbook? Matchbook. What? Where I've do got, you get that? I've got like 24 of these. And oh inside, you could send away for Star Trek crap. Like Can this one still? has, I don't know. This one says it's, a, it's an official Star Trek kite that you can send for and there was one that had a jacket inside and i got these at a bowling alley somewhere there were just a stack of them there oh. and i said to the guy at the counter could i have these <laughs> he goes please sir may i goes, have these matchbooks this is back when smoking in, indoors was fine yeah uh, yeah you know it was safe back then uh, <laughs> <laughs> the guy said yeah you know the guy brings us free matchbooks all the time yeah go ahead i don't care you should try to send those in, see if you can get free shit. I wonder. <laughs> I saw an ad. There was, you know, because I follow on, on Facebook, there's the Star Trek the Motion Picture Appreciation Society, which I follow. With Carrie Jackson and five other members. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and somebody found an old ad from, I think it was Starlog Magazine, that had Star Trek the Motion Picture. It's a silver jacket. And I wanted it so badly, but it was ninety dollars, and you know, in nineteen seventy nine money. In 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 yeah, in that in that age where I was working at a dairy, you know, mm -hmm. <laughs> I was the bottle washer at a dairy or something. I'm not. Well, you have ninety dollars now, don't you? Well, yeah. <laughs> but the jacket's really ugly. I had terrible taste back then. I was just excited because it was a Star Trek jacket. I look at it now, ugly. Oh, really ugly. Oh, I'm so glad I saved my $90. I did, however, send for the Battlestar Galactica jacket in Starlog Magazine. It was very disappointed to get it back. And it was oh. green instead of brown. And it should have been brown instead of green. Oh, like you got it from Wish. Oh. Yeah, it was. It, it kept, it never said Battlestar Galactica. It said Colonial War your jacket and i'm like battleship galactus yeah you know it was like that <laughs> thing is though the buckles and the patches and everything they were authentic but oh this this was clearly not a battlestar galactica jacket. <laughs> it's like we can rip off this much but not the color i could never understand that anyway oh that's so funny right, i sorry. i am a sucker for merch um well this well, is very exciting so next yeah. episode 
is Star Trek the Motion Picture, mm -hmm. and you're gonna hate it. Uh, <laughs> I mean, who knows? I I was like all in on Star Trek the Animated Series when we started. Like, who well, knows? Yeah. So this, I'm just excited for you to see it. Um, it's you know, it's a it's a guilty pleasure of mine, which I will explain in that episode why it's so important to me. Uh, and and I'll show you some more merchandise so you can watch us here on YouTube. I've got awesome. a ton of it. <laughs> I won't, we'll do fast show and tell, you know, because I've got so much of it. <laughs> but uh, yeah, this is very exciting for the Space Show show. I'm so happy. I, I hope that, I hope we'll that do that others... episode and then you're going to be done. <laughs> no, we got to get some of the other Geek Show people to join us on this one because uh, I, okay, okay. I, I want to get their takes on, you know, pile on Star Trek The Motion Picture. Go ahead. <laughs> Go right ahead. <laughs> Alrighty. Well, until then. We will continue going where no man has gone before, but a lot of people have gone before. Thanks, everybody.